daddy read something about it. or uncle rather read something about it. Neither male nor female. There you go. There you go, folks. That's a song we often associate with the Lord's Supper, which is an ordinance. We've been preaching, I hope you've been listening, on the initial ordinance. Baptism. Biblical baptism. What does the Bible say? So we've taken some days to study. What does the Bible say? Because bottom line, that's what counts. Honestly, folks, what I think about baptism and what you think about baptism doesn't really matter. What the Lord says. I want to bring things to a close because there are some people who make too little of baptism. And there's some who would tell you, you haven't really sealed the deal until you're baptized. When I told Marshall Lynn Harris I loved her, I convinced her. You believe her. She said yes. She didn't just say yes, but uh we sealed the deal in that way. But the Lord talks about it. And the Lord exemplified. He was himself. He didn't even begin his public ministry until after his baptism as recorded there in Matthew chapter 3. But a wise man has said that for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch, one on either side. You don't want to fall in ditch A or ditch B, now do you? That's even the way you're looking, A or B. This, this is my left, but to you it looks like my right. I'm not going to back around, so that's the way we go. I've had a few people take me to Acts 2.38. I had one man even say, I can slay your position. All I need is one axe and two thirty-eight. Sounded pretty clever. Because Peter, after preaching as he did, had a question from people. I love when people ask questions. Hopefully that means they're listening, they're thinking, they're prompted. And Peter had an answer. He said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something about the human. The human wants to be number one. He wants to be the center of attention. He wants to think, it's all about me. 
That's why many years ago the McDonald's people were able to sell a lot of burgers, fries, etc. by coming up with a little jingle, you, we do it all for you. Well, if they're going to do it for me, I guess I'll go buy my burgers there. That, that's called sales. Making it easy for people to say yes. And most people would like to suppose that they put the finishing touches, perhaps even on their salvation. There's some places where you'd be told God's done all he can do, but it's up to you now, bud. You're going to have to make it happen. It's time to fish or cut bait or something like that. As if God isn't really powerful to do the whole job himself. My Bible tells me that he is not willing that any should perish. Wait a minute, preacher. Are you quoting all the verse? Oh, that's right. As a part of it says, he is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. If you're a believer today, God was not willing that you perish. And then once you're saved, the book of Jude, little book of Jude, just one little chapter, and yet it's got some tremendous verses. The last couple of verses say, Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. If you believe that you put yourself into Christ, you probably believe that when well, you get yourself out. I'm so glad Brother Josh read from Galatians 3. He says, As many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And that's true. You make it official. You declare to the world that this world is not your home. Christ is your own. You have taken him on. But it's interesting, right before that verse, in verse 26, Paul writes to those in the many churches of Galatia, ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Is it possible there was anybody attending those churches that hadn't been baptized? It's possible. It's possible. And yet Paul said, ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. But then he also says, as many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You declared it to the world. That's what baptism is all about. Now I told you that there's a Greek word, eis. E-I-S is how you would spell it. But it's pronounced eis, like real cold water. And it's a preposition. And it's used many times in the scripture. And uh, we see it here in Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. 
Now the argument of many is that word for means in order to get it, you don't really have it until you're baptized. In other words, I'll use lawyer talk. It's a quid pro quo. You do this to get that. And that's why some people say, if you don't have this, then you don't have that. If you don't have baptism, you're not saved. Well, for doesn't necessarily mean in order to get it, in order to facilitate it. Let's, let's go to the book of John, chapter 12. I want you to see how the Jesus made something clear. You always need to read context. I love how we were reminded, even in the Bible conference, that context, the word world, sometimes it means planet Earth. Sometimes it means a whole universe. Sometimes it means just the Lord's people. Sometimes it means the unsaved people. The same Jesus who said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What world is that? Those are his precious people. So his world always means just that. Yeah, well, the same Jesus and the same Gospel of John, chapter 17. When he's talking to his father, he says, I pray for them. He's talking about the ones thou hast given me. I pray not for the world. Hmm. Like one of my friends once said, would the Lord die for somebody and then not pray for them? So we need to understand that. It's sort of like the kid sitting down doing algebra. He does the first problem. 3 plus x equals 9. So x equals 6. It sure does. In that problem, read the next one. 6 minus x equals 2. Well, x says x being 6. No! It did in the last one, but every problem, every context is to be read. Now, it's easy to see it in John 12 and verse number 30, if you go there. Maybe you're there already. You beat me. John 12. Sometimes Mr. Payne sticks together with his buddies. Look at this, please. Because the people heard something. Wow! What's going on here? And what they heard was an important message. But for our purposes, I want you to see what the Lord says about that. Jesus answered, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. The word for can mean because of. Hmm. You see, we always need to read it in context. Now, some of you know I spent a year over in Pine Bluff. Yep, I was behind bars for at least eight hours a day, several days, a week. I was the chaplain of the Fine Blood Unit. And I knew 
inmates would come in. And after they get settled in, A turns to B and says, what are you in here for? Well, I'm in here for hurt. I'm in here for theft. I'm in here for whatever, whatever, whatever. Now, I never met an inmate who said, great, they brought you in so you could kill people? So you could steal? So you could wreak havoc? No! For means because of. I got so many years for this charge that I picked up. Now, uh, we had a couple of young men. I emphasize young because they're younger than I am. I wish I could be. How old? Tough? 41. 41. Oh, to be 41. How old, children? 43. 43. Oh, to be 43 again. Oh, to be 63 again. Yeah, they have a way of sneaking up on you. Why did we sing happy birthday to these two fellas? So that they could have a birthday? It was because we're commemorating their birthday. Or can very easily mean because. And when you look at the testimony of Scripture, as we repeat the Lord's words in the other ordinance, this blood is shed for the remission of sin. Did the blood of Jesus Christ cover your sin? I hope you can say amen. Yes, it did. That's why we teach little ones to say, What can wash away my sin? Well, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this to this. And maybe even that's not enough. You gotta hold out to the end and all that. No. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Folks, what we teach our children is not a lie. We're not going to amend that and say, well, you know, it's good that Jesus died, but you got to do this, you got to do that. Like one fellow in the 19th century used to say, you got to quit your meanness. One, one, one person even said, you got to quit this and quit that. And I don't think she even chewed gum because she thought that might keep her out of the table or some such thing as that. You see, the word ice means with reference to. We, we looked at this for a moment, but I want to remind you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, you know, we refer to John as John the Baptist, to distinguish him from John the Apostle. He was the one who dipped. He didn't sprinkle, he didn't pour, he didn't pull out a squirt gun, hose them down, or anything like that. He took them to the river. He put them under and brought them up. That's biblical baptism. That's how to picture the fact that we're buried with Christ, raised in newness of life. 
I never saw somebody get sprinkled in this boy. You just got raised and you wiped yourself with a towel or something. No, no. First Corinthians 10, the first couple of verses. Moreover, brother, I would not <clears throat> that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers, he's talking about the Jews, led by Moses, they came out of Egypt. They're heading to the promised land, but there's this obstacle. Large body of water. They couldn't swim it. They couldn't wade it. There were no boats. There were no aircraft. There was no tunnel. There was no bridge. Just a bunch of water. Over in Oklahoma. I'm not sure who named it, but uh, this is large body of water. It's called a lot of water. Well, I don't think they're from Brooklyn or what, but it is a lot of water. They had a lot of water. They couldn't cross that thing under their own power. But yet the Lord had provided. You know, a cloud is water vapor massed together. God gave a cloud and then later when they came to this huge body of water, God parted the seas, gave them a tunnel, if you will, to pass through on dry land. He didn't just say, okay, we took the water away for a moment, but it's still kind of muddy down there. Don't sink down too deep when you're stepping all that bunk and stuff like that. And they passed through. They were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And were all baptized unto Moses. Well again, unto. It means with reference to. Somebody puts on a, a certain decal that has to do with their favorite sports team. They're showing that they're identifying with that team. If I see somebody with the Razorback hog on them, I'm thinking they're either from Arkansas, maybe they're from Panama, Oklahoma, because they also have the Razorbacks. Brother Jack Duplishan would say, how about them saints? He wasn't talking about saints of the church. I was the name of the team for those folks down Louisiana way. It's a means of identification. We use colors. We use banners. We see the star-spangled banner and that identifies our land. We can associate with that land. We live in the United States of America. You say, why don't you just say United States? Well, if you go south of the border, it's Estados Unidos Mexicanos. It's the United States of Mexico. Some have even proposed, why don't we have a United States of Europe? And so when we say, we're Americans. Now, you don't want to go up north and talk to a Canadian. I'm an American. <laughs> what, what am I? But when you're asked, what is your nationality? You say USA. And that makes it pretty clear to anybody with good sense. 
That's your identification. You might not be on USA soil, but you still carry that with you. That's your identification. In fact, if you're traveling legally, you pull in your pocket, you pull out your passport, issued by the Secretary of State, to make it clear, to officially declare that that's your citizenship, that's your connection. Now these Hebrews going through the wilderness, they identified with Moses. He was their leader. They didn't always talk like it. They didn't always walk like it. They didn't always think like it. But bottom line, that's the guy. And they weren't saying, let me find some other prophet out. Maybe there's some guy out here in the desert or someplace else. No, they identified with Moses, like it or not. In a good sense, of course, the Lord spoke about his sheep. And the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. And so should we. We don't want to listen to some other voice. We don't want to hear what somebody else has to say if it contradicts what our shepherd, the shepherd of our soul, has to say. So, they were baptized unto Moses. They were aligning with him. They were indicating their connection, that special association. Let's go over to Acts again, this time in chapter 19. Because always, he never let a preposition rule your sentence. Prepositions are there to point, to show relation, that sort of thing. Acts 19, let's look at verse 3. You see, John came first, and John baptized. He baptized with a view to one's repentance. What did he preach? Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, you know what? Some people get the word later. A dear sister told me that she saw in a publication so-and-so was just getting out the word of a certain event. Sometimes things we hear at the front end and then trickles down. And somebody else might hear it down the road. Somebody else might hear it later and later. Well, you see, the Jews had heard about this guy John was baptizing. The word got out. It traveled. And Jews all over the Roman Empire. In Alexandria, Egypt, there was a Jew who was mighty in word. He was known as the elegant and eloquent one. His name was Apollos. And he didn't know about what the Lord had said and done about baptism. So he preached what he knew. You know, don't fault the preacher for not preaching a great truth if he didn't know. God can only preach what he knows. You know, you uh, jostle this thing and some water comes out. It's not going to come out unless it's in there in the first place. Some folks you jostle, nothing comes out. That's because there's nothing inside. 
So, Apollos, what he knew he preached, but all he had known was the baptism of John. That's what it's talking about here in this 19th of Acts. Start at the beginning. And it came to pass while Apollos was at Corinth, where Paul, you know, the, the word of Paul had come to the people. There were Christians in Corinth. Hence, we have two inspired books, you know, the Corinthians. Paul, having passed to the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And you know what? They said, uh, Preacher, we don't know what you're talking about. Sometimes preachers bump into people who don't know what he's about to talk about. Well, that's why we got the book. I can show you in the book where it is. If I can't show you in the book, I better not show them. So when he said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, they needed to be taught. And he said to them, Unto what then were ye baptized? In what connection? What was the, the hashtag, if you will, when you were baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. They didn't believe John was their Savior. If you listen to John for very long, he made it very clear. He must increase. I must decrease. Twice in the Gospel of John, he said, Behold, this is the Lamb of God. This is who takes away the sin of the world. I've heard people say, Oh, there's such and such a preacher. Our little boy once said, That's the preacher that saved me. No, no preacher saved you, son. No church saved you, son. No act on your part saved you, son or daughter. It's Jesus Christ who is the Savior. He shall save his people from their sins. So here are a group of people who had heard Apollos and they had repented because Apollos echoed what John had said. But John didn't say, by the way, this is the last word. No. He, he, I, I bowed again. You need to hear more from and about him and less from and about me. It's a good attitude for all of us to take. And so, this idea of unto, they knew about John and they were baptized according to what John had been preaching. They didn't know. In junior high, friend Rick Tinkstrom and he liked to pose questions to me. Sometimes I had the answer and sometimes I didn't. When I didn't, he'd say, you don't know, you don't know. Kind of like Woody Woodpecker, you know. And that became his mantra with me. And he said, well, hey, do you know? Do you know? Some things I know and some things I don't know. These folks didn't know something. Well, let's read verses 4 and 5. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. 
This is not an end in itself, folks. You know, sometimes people suppose, well, uh, I got baptized. That's the end of the line, right? That's all I got to do. Well, no, you don't do that in order to be saved or to stay saved. But you do it because you are saved. But that's not the end of the line. You were saved so that you would do those good works. Yes, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Love it, believe it, live it. But don't leave off verse 10. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. If the gospel has taken root, you should so show some fruit. Just like we were talking about in Sunday school. See, Sunday school helps. I'll tell you what. I mean it just like anybody else. I'm just saying. There you go. Look at verse 5. When they heard this, God's people heard the truth. There's more to the story than John's baptism. Do they trash John? No. But they did respond as Paul was preaching. Paul didn't trash John. He said John had his role to play. But there is a baptism that reflects the burial and the resurrection of Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know that folks been baptized and then they've been baptized and baptized and baptized? Our ancestors for one period were called Anabaptists because they said, well I know they did something to me when I was a baby baby. They got me wet and they called it baptism. But you know, uh, that doesn't fit the New Testament pattern. As Peter said, it's not the washing away the filth of the flesh, but it's the answer of a good conscience toward God. I don't care how sweet those little babies are. Can you honestly say they have a good conscience toward God? No. You need to have sense to realize that the death of Christ. I want to identify with Christ. I want to make it clear. I am one of His. I want to kind of hide on something else or somebody else. I want to stand in Christ. We're reminded so many times that it's the blood of Christ had a good discussion not too long ago with some other preachers on the fact that some people say, well, it's really his death that counts. I get pretty leery about anybody who says, well, don't talk so much about his blood. Let's just talk about his death. From Genesis on, we find blood, blood, blood. Abel's blood cries up from the ground, God told Cain. You think that's important? I think so. I hope you agree. Leviticus tells us twice, the life of the flesh is in the blood. You take the blood out of a human, they can't stay alive. You can't put water, you can't put something else in and say, that's, that's it. 
You know when they mortify somebody? They take the blood out and they put embalming fluid. If you suddenly had embalming fluid coursing through your veins and arteries, it, it would be a horrific experience. <coughs> it would kill you from the inside. Mortification. You might not be dead when they take you to the undertaker, but by the time it gets through mortifying you, you will definitely be dead. No doubt about that. Now it wasn't long ago we observed the Lord's Supper here. And as Jesus said in the 26th of Matthew, verse 28, He didn't say, you know, they could have put a plastic bag over my head and suffocated me. It's all the same to me. They could have pushed me off a cliff and I could have died. It's all the same to me. wonder why we don't read that in Scripture. It dies into the blood. I'm really weary about anybody, no matter how much they say they love the Lord and care about His work. They want to change it to get rid of the blood. We talk about the blood that covers the blood that is necessary. We sing it. I hope we believe it. hope we know it's so. That it is the blood of Christ. And so Jesus, as He held that cup, said, let me tell you something about this. This is my blood of the New Testament. You can give a little sweat. That's a minor inconvenience. You might put in some time. You might tire your muscles. You might even have to have a, a hand amputated or something else. You might lose an eye. But you're still going. If all your blood is poured out, that's what happened to Christ. And that's what we commemorate when we have the Lord's Supper. Before Jesus had died, He told them in advance, You want to remember me? <clears throat> he didn't talk about bumper stickers. He didn't talk about jewelry. He talked about, do this. Do this. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. That's why He shed His blood. He wasn't showing off. He wasn't just trying to shock people. No. It was a definite purpose. Pictured all through the Old Testament. And yet the book of Hebrews tells us that the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. I asked a Greek scholar once, what does that word never mean? It means never. Well, really, what's it? okay? I'll be literal. You never, ever, ever, ever. It, it ain't happening. There's no two ways about it. So every time we're in observance of the Lord's Supper, and every time we have a baptism, may those ordinances be observed as the Lord taught, as Paul instructed as the Spirit would have us to. We talk about church membership, and there really aren't but two questions. 
that uh, historically we, we put the folks in. If they say, I want to join this church. Well, I hope you want to do that. No. Or do you subscribe to such and such a magazine? Or do you drive a certain kind of car? Or this, no. that, no. Our people have always said there are two concerns. We ask about the way no. of salvation and the way of baptism. If little Johnny Jones, we don't have a Johnny Jones, so I can use that. Little Johnny Jones said, I want to join the church. <clears throat> Why? Well, Dad's a member, Mom's a member, I think I ought to. In fact, Greg Boylan said it's about time I did that. I know a lot of people who say, well, so-and-so said, about time you go forward. It's about time you present yourself. It's about time you seal the deal, so to speak. No, no, the preacher in Rhode Island was right. You can be baptized in the pond so many times the frog's going on a first-name basis. That doesn't cut it. So, that's why we ask for a credible profession. Uh, oh, it would excite me so much to have someone come to me and say, oh, could I be baptized? But I have to say, What's your spiritual condition? Where are you in relation to the Lord? They say, I don't care about the Lord. I just think everybody else is baptized. I just figured I'd follow the crowd. I don't want to be the last one. It's fashionable. I've got my name in the paper. Maybe they'll take my picture. I'll be a somebody if I can be baptized. No, that's, that's not the right answer. Just like the Ethiopian eunuch. He asked Philip, what keeps me from being baptized? He didn't say, well, uh, how much money you got? No, it is how much time you got. <clears throat> he didn't ask about how to be baptized. He said, well, do you believe? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Let's stop this chariot. So we ask about the way of salvation. You can't tell somebody that I'm a child of God. There's no business being baptized. You can be saved and know it. But if you are saved and you know it and you want to show it, then we ask about the way of baptism. That's why if somebody were to come to us now, I'm already saved and I was already baptized. Well, can you tell me about your baptism? Well, they, they said, as long as there's some water involved, they can splash you a little bit, they can pour you, just whatever. Well, you don't have scriptural baptism. Does that mean I'm on the outside? For now, but we have a baptistry, or we go down to the lake or the stream, and we can take care of that. We can do that. We're authorized to do that. That's part of the commission that the Lord gave to his people. So remember, it's the way of salvation. It's the way of baptism. Not of works, Titus wrote. Or rather, Paul wrote to Titus, lest any man... No, that was what he wrote to the Ephesians. Well, I better get it right. Titus 3, 5 says, not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to his mercy. You see, it's not your works. 
It's not mama's words, or daddy's words, or uncle's words, or the preacher's words, or the Sunday school teacher's words, or anybody else's words. That includes the waterworks. Don't say, well, you know, we we got some plumbing and we got some water and we, we can make it happen. If the Lord touches your heart and you realize, I am the Lord's own. <clears throat> that verse, it's still in the Bible. Just like Joshua's read that. That's one reason I said amen. That verse says, as many as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When my wife puts on a certain dress, I like it when you wear that dress. She wears a certain whatever this, whatever that. I like it when you wear that. That's something I got for you. It's just something special. She's still my wife, but I like it. It's special when she does that certain thing. Well, would you put on Christ? Well, yeah, I got this jewelry. Well, what did the Lord say? Well, I, I got a bumper sticker on my car. Well, what did the Lord say? Well, uh, you just won't leave that alone, will you? Well, the Lord didn't. As many of you have been baptized into Christ and put on Christ. If you tell me you're a Christian, that's wonderful. Why don't you tell others? Go public about it. Now we've had seven messages on this. I don't think I'll be preaching again on baptism anytime soon. But if anybody has any questions, bring them on. I like to ask questions. I like to answer. And if I don't know, you can play Rick Tankstrom and say you don't know. But but that's something I do know. God bless you. Let's let's have a song.